everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by Robert Kowalski, my favorite coworker. How are you doing, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. How are you today? Good, good. We have some good games going on this weekend. I'm really looking forward to them. But before we dive in and dissect them all, because there's a lot of good marquee matchups. I know the last few weeks we kind of had maybe one, two, but there's there's a solid amount of them. But let's recap the betting trends, because I know it was a crazy weekend last weekend, Robert. What what happened last weekend? You know, week number eight definitely found ourselves uh, wondering if maybe uh, the, the rise of the underdog uh, is not quite going to be the way it ended up being last year. Uh, last season... It was just an, an incredible run of underdogs, in, in, at least in pro football, uh, and, and it just wouldn't stop at all. This year is just a completely different story, uh, and if we go in and just break down everything from a betting perspective, Ali, uh, unders, unders continue to stay strong, uh, and obviously, if, if you just take a look at how it all plays itself out, week number eight, favorites. 11 and four straight up with one pick which is that Minnesota Green Bay game. Okay. Eight, four, and three against the spread. Super, super strong against the spread if you're just picking favorites. Home teams, uh, they were nine and seven straight up, seven, six with three pushes against the spread. And overs led nine to seven. Primetime unders, however, they swept the board three and oh. Always unders. And I'm an under better. I am, as everyone knows, an underdog better. I did go nine and six against the spread last week. So it was an okay week for me. But as Robert said, when usually a lot of the favorites hit, it's not the greatest week for me because I'm always picking more <laughs> underdogs <laughs> than I am favorites. But, you know, can't always happen. Well, Robert, let's waste no time. Let's get into the big games because like I said there's a lot of ones I want to highlight. Dolphins and Chiefs. This is probably one of the most anticipated high scoring games of the year. What are we looking at for odds today? Today, we are officially at Kansas City minus one and a half, the favorite. This game, of course, in Frankfurt, Germany, quite, quite early here for me out on the Pacific Coast time, uh, but it's still going to be early for everybody. Uh, two great teams, both six and two on the season through eight weeks. Uh, this game moved from two to two and a half to eventually pick uh, before moving in Kansas City's favor once again. The total 51, Alley. And I'm not surprised. Obviously, Kansas City coming from that upsetting loss last week to Denver was the first time they lost to them in 16 games. We had to know Kansas City wasn't going to be 100% once it was announced. Pat Mahomes had the flu. I think that's an anomaly. The Dolphins, they went ahead and crushed the Patriots. There's no reason that the Patriots would have been able to keep up with the Dolphins scoring. However, I think that this spread is a knee-jerk reaction to what happened last week. I think Kansas City is a far better team. Miami still has defensive issues, and I think Patrick Mahomes will bounce back this week and exploit that. I think the running game will be strong. I have no problem picking Kansas City and laying the points right here. I do like Miami's team, but we saw this, this game reminds me, Robert, of when they played Buffalo. They were coming off a 70 point effort against the Denver Broncos. Everyone was jumping on the Dolphins. I actually had one the other way and picked the Bills. So I'm going to go the other way again. And I'm going to side with the Chiefs here. And it's going to be early for me, too. I love my 630 games. I like waking up and just turning the TV on. What do you think about this one, Robert? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Nothing makes me happier than to know that. Uh, even though the sun has yet come up here in northern Nevada, uh, we, we're going to have pro football happening someplace. And uh, here we are again this coming Sunday. We've got uh, this game, which obviously, as as we break things down from this from this betting perspective, injuries look well, look, 
this list that I'm looking at is is definitely a two pager, but no one really significant from last week that's going to be missing. I still think that Miami's got the best offense in this league, and I don't think that Kansas City is going to be able to do anything to contain what Miami's about to throw at them. So I'm going to probably think that this is going to come down to a field goal game. Uh, Kansas City being the one and a half point favorite, I could see them winning this one. However, the one thing that jumps out to me, Ali, is how their points per game have been in the last three weeks. Right. Uh, and and that's a really really good keen indicator. I'm gonna th- you're right. I'm gonna throw out last week's game, uh, for Kansas City. Obviously, you know no one's gonna perform well if you're just, you know, flu ridden. <laughs> so even though he played, he he definitely didn't look a hundred percent. I think that this game is short, uh, from the total perspective. I think it goes way above the fifty one. Uh, my pick here is going to be over the fifty one total. Which is interesting because usually, Robert, do you have the stats in front of you of those London and Frankfurt games? Do they tend to go over or under in the past few years? <laughs> well, I remember last year, I think it was Seattle that just completely came back, unfolded and dismantled Pretty the weather. Much, yeah. Right. Weather is always going to be a factor. And I haven't had uh, I um, haven't had my weather calendar turned up just yet for what's happening in Frankfurt Sunday morning. Uh, so that's that's the big question right now as to how we're going to look there. Uh, but that's the one thing that would probably make me feel that the total wouldn't come into play. But even with that, Ali, I, I don't think that there's going to be much that Kansas City can do with uh, the Miami Dolphins offense. I, I still think regardless of how or where they play, they could play on the moon for all I care. I think Miami goes over the total. This is still an underrated Kansas City defensive unit, though, Robert. We've seen them limit Jacksonville. We've seen them limit even they held, even though they lost the first week of the season, they limited the Lions pretty well. Chris Jones, remember, didn't play in that game. I just feel like the Miami defense is still, there's still something about them that is just, I think they have a few injuries on on defense as well. That just seems to be their Achilles heel. And when they face a team that can drive a force, don't forget Andy Reid can throw a bunch of things at you. He's very, he, he's very uh, innovative. He can exploit your differences. I just think they have the upper hand on this one. And if I'm going to ask you, Robert, we, we're looking at two quarterbacks that are in the MVP race. Pat Mahomes is always going to be in the MVP race. I know his, his uh, turnover rates higher this year to a tag of tag of Viola has been phenomenal. Where do you rank these two in terms of MVP voting? I would probably put them top five. Uh, who else would probably be in the mix along with them? Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Hertz probably. Uh, can't forget about Joe Burrow. He's been red, red hot uh, since this, you know, basically after the first two games. Uh, if I had to carve out one for me right now on odds. Man, obviously, a lot's going to have to do with where they go into the to the season. I mean, look, Philadelphia seven and one, if they end up running the table, got a big game. We'll be talking about that Dallas game in just a little bit, but I think that if we had to go and choose one right now, my pick actually would be hurts. Really hurt. Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts. Correct. The thing about the Eagles, though, they just haven't been as impressive. I thought since last year and hurts. He seems at times off with his receivers. He has committed a lot more turnovers than he did last year. I don't know if if I really were to choose a front runner, Robert, call me crazy. I think it's Joe Burrow, especially from the way that him and the Bengals have started and how they just 
have walloped the competition this year. If Joe Burrow takes that team where everyone was doubting them to make the playoffs, if they win that division, I mean, is there any doubt he can be the MVP? No, 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 not at all. You're absolutely right. And if you're going to follow Ali here, uh, go ahead and do it now, because here on the Zen Sports betting platform, we're offering up Joe Burrow at 20 to one, uh, which is, you know, as high as you could possibly have a starting quarterback that's, you know, in the playoff discussion right now uh, outside of him. Obviously, the others that round out the list, uh, you know, from the ones that we just mentioned. Uh, Josh Allen's in there at 13, 14 to one. And of course, Trevor Lawrence in the higher end of the spectrum, anywhere between 18 and 20 as well. Well, well, this is a good segue to the next game I want to highlight. And that's the Bills and the Bengals, a a rematch of last year's playoff game. If there's a game where Joe Burrow is going to propel himself to the top of the list in the MVP, it could be this one. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? Allie, you know, we opened up the Bengals two. And it moved all across the key number spectrum as high as three, back down to two, as low as one. Uh, and here we are sitting again with the Bengals uh, this Sunday morning, two. And the total is now 49 and a half. The Bills have just not looked the same since they had all of their injuries to Matt Milano, Tredavious White. Their defense is just not the same. I think Joe Burrow is going to carve up this defense, Robert. What do you think? This is actually, you know, quite the discussion to have. If we take a look at how Cincinnati has played since that poor start, they really, really have done very well. Uh, Look, there's a shoulder injury that Josh Allen suffered a couple of weeks ago. His official status, even this morning, is probable. He's going to be fine. Uh, the, the ones that we're concerned about, obviously, are going to be on the, the key positions. Everyone's healthy from that perspective. Yeah, Buffalo's going to be without Dawson Knox. They've made well without him already. I was going to say, Kincaid is kind of the number one tight end Kincaid, right now. Kincaid, right? exactly, has actually really picked up the pieces quite well in his absence. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, look, right now, it's Cincinnati's, they've won three of their last, also covered those three games, uh, whereas Buffalo right now, they're in opposite directions. Yes, they did pick up the win last week. However, they are 0-4 in their last four against the spread right now, Allie. Yeah, this is why I like the Bengals even more. Joe Burrow's hitting his stride. I think the best is he just keeps cool. We all know he wasn't 100% at the beginning of the year, and that had a lot to do with how they played. I think that the Bengals are in stride now. I think they end up overtopping the Ravens at some point this season and win that division. And this is a perfect statement game. Actually, last weekend, Robert, you know, they go against the 49ers who are pretty much healthy. Uh, yes, they didn't have Trent Williams or Debo Samuel. And they made Brock Purdy look like a backup quarterback. And they made That's that right. team look like not not a number one seed in the NFC. So this is a team I think you have to be very fearful for. And I think the Bengals win easily here. How about you? I'm going to go and finally pick a side and and go go against you here for one reason and one reason only. I know that they've lost four in a row against the spread. Buffalo has. However, on their season, they're still really clicking very well. They're near 28 points a game while giving up only 17, especially in this particular instance where uh, they're on the road. They're still very, very well in terms of point differential, 26 points for against 18 against Cincinnati. They're red hot right now. They're definitely moving in the right direction. However, this is very rarely do we get Buffalo as an underdog. And I know they're on the road, primetime game 
on it in Cincinnati, no less. But I think that they're going to take this one. I'm going to take Buffalo here on the money line. All right, let's move to the next game. want to highlight, obviously, two teams that I hate the most, Cowboys <laughs> and Eagles this Sunday. Robert, what do you got here? This is... Well, let's let's go ahead and see. And obviously, it's a prime game, of course, just because of their records. They both have a combined 12 wins on this very, very well. I was going to say short season, but it's week nine already. How does this happen? We haven't moved the number at all. All week, Ali, we opened up at three for the Eagles with a total 47. That's still where we're at as of the time that we're recording this. So obviously I hate picking sides in this game because I want both teams to lose, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> when I look, Robert, and you're going to think I'm crazy right now, I actually think the Cowboys are a better team this year than the Eagles. I have said I just have not been impressed with the Eagles. I know their record, but they have struggled a lot in games. They struggled twice against the Commanders this year. They barely skid by the Patriots earlier in the year. They need their defense to make a big showing in that one. There is just something about this Eagles team that just doesn't have the same branding that they had last year. It's a little, they're a little bit off on defense. Their, their, their offense just seems to not have the same chemistry at last year. I'm going to side with the Cowboys here. How about you? So if we break down this game again, from a betting perspective, they seem quite identical. No matter how you break this down, Dallas is averaging 28 a game. So is Philadelphia. Dallas is giving up 17 points a game. Philly a little bit on the high end. You're right. They're not as uh, as peak as they were from last season. They're giving up 21 and a half points a game. However, where we see the differences lie in the efficiency of Philadelphia's running attack. Clearly, we already know that they're tops in the league in, in terms of their rushing. So they're still going to do that and their offense is still constantly being produced at a point where they're picking up nearly 400 yards a game it's the rushing defense that philadelphia has and they absolutely clamp down on this position so if dallas can somehow find a way to break through and start picking up chunk yards by handing it off to tony pollard that's going to make the big difference i don't think that that's actually going to happen here so philadelphia at home three Sounds like a really, really solid number. I think that's exactly where it's going to probably land here, uh, especially with knowing that Philadelphia is undefeated at home, 3-0 and straight up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick them here again at home to pick up the win and move on to 8-1. and This is, this is going to be an interesting crowd because this is another game that everyone's going to be watching. Both teams hate each other. We know that because we're Giants fans and everything. <laughs> but to, to go against your point, Robert, well, actually, I'll go with your point because I'll, I'll I'll play devil's advocate myself. The thing about the Cowboys is just when they have a big statement win or they have a big showing, they yes. collapse. You look at the beginning of the year, they, they dismantled the Giants. They beat the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. Well, just annihilated them. And then they lose to the Arizona Cardinals the following week. Yeah. So now that they just blew out the Rams, I do think that there is a chance – that they let their ego, that seems to be the thing with the Cowboys. They let their ego get away from them. We know the Rams defense is horrific and that might get in the way, but this is a division game and these two teams seem to step up in each other. I don't know if Dallas wins this game, but three points seems like enough that they'll hang in there and it's going to come down to a field goal at the last minute. So I'm going to take the points. I know you got the Eagles, but what about in terms of the total? What are you leaning there? Ah, very good. Right. So with the total set to 47, I think that that's a number that because it really hasn't moved uh, and everything just seems pretty much on the up and up in terms of their injury report, 
I think that this number is going to come very, very close to exactly where it's supposed to land. 28.4, 28.4 on both ends. This one's going to probably break down to, again, will Dallas be able to run the ball? Uh, because if they have a, a several three and outs like I expect them to in Philadelphia because they can't get their running game going, this will probably be the demise of Dallas and make the game go under the total. So my first step is to go under the 47. I'm going to actually, and I like the under, I, I always love unders. I'm going to actually go the opposite. I think this this ends up being a shootout game. I really do. Let's not forget that the Cowboys are still missing Trevon Diggs in that secondary. That should actually help Jalen Hurts connect yeah. with Adrian Brown and Devonta Smith. In in turn, I think Dallas is going to have to go to the air too. I think that they're going to have to get CeeDee Lamb involved. They're going to have to get Brandon Cooks involved. So I think that the, even though you said Dallas could benefit if they run Tony Pollard, I think it's going to end up being a shootout through the air. So I'm going to go with the over. All right, the next one, Robert, an interesting matchup. Seahawks and Ravens, what do we got? So Seattle five and two on the season, Baltimore six and two. We took a look at it, saw how exactly their injuries will play into this you know, particular line. And we'll break that down in a bit. Baltimore opened five. It's now six with a total 44. Yeah. So I've been saying all year, I think Seattle's overrated. I actually think they should have lost to the Browns last week. If it wasn't for that, that final quarter. I still think that they're overrated. I think that the Ravens have been better than I expected them to be, at least on the on the defensive side. They have struggled at times on the offense, and there's a good chance they'll struggle this game because Seattle's defense is one of the top five defenses in the league, in my opinion. However, there's one thing that Seattle hasn't seen this year that they might struggle with, and that's a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson. I think that they're going to struggle to defend against him. I think that Lamar is going to find a lot of open lanes. I think he's going to utilize his, his legs a lot. For me, I think that the Ravens win this one comfortably, so I'm siding with the home team. How about you, Robert? Now, if, if you break down what Seattle had to do to get to this point, and uh, you know, look, uh, in a, plenty to be said about uh, the body of work that they've been putting together for for the longest time, you know, and so with the way the teams break down to again, Baltimore's got a defense that's really, really fantastic as well. Uh, I, I'm looking at how they break down on the road versus at home, and there's really not much of a difference in their splits. However, Baltimore at home, uh, they've been incredibly stingy uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And how do you go? I mean, look, both of them are streaking. Seattle's won the last two. Baltimore's won their last three. The big difference here to me is Baltimore's defense at home. They're not even giving up two touchdowns a game. 12.3 is their average right now in their three games at home. And they're, by the way, they're two and one straight up two and one against the spread. Baltimore is, uh, I think that Seattle's very well built to pick up a win here. However, I also think that there's just not going to be enough that they're going to be able to handle Baltimore's running. Uh, not to mention uh, what Zay Jones is going to be able to do, and he's going to put up some real, real damage. I think from from an offensive perspective, if you're looking at individual player props, he's one guy that I circled that said, you know what, this is the kid that could probably have anywhere between you know, 12, 14, maybe even 15 targets. He's going to do some real damage this weekend. Uh, so I think Baltimore here picks up the win, but does not cover. Uh, I'll pick up Seattle here. Picking up plus six is a good play for me. 
what do you think about with Baltimore, Robert? Because I mentioned before how I think that the Bengals are probably the most dangerous team on the rise right now. If you look at the division, the Bengals, they're still tied with the Browns and the Steelers, four and three, Ravens six and two. So Ravens have a comfortable, well, no, I wouldn't say comfortable, but they have a nice two game lead over them. Plus they own the tiebreaker because the Ravens beat them in week two. Is this almost a must win for the Ravens? Because if the Bengals beat the Bills and go move to five and three and say the Ravens lose to the Seahawks and are at what, six and three, that's a half a game behind. Should they be worried? Is this almost a must win for the Ravens? I think that the way that the team is built uh, and and how fortunate they've been so far this year uh, with, I mean, look, I, I guess, it's, it's really never fortunate when you lose J.K. Dobbins literally in week one with an right. Achilles tear. Uh, but they've got depth, and the depth has been helping them greatly. And I think that they've got the positioning to not only win this division, Allie, uh, I, I'll go ahead and say that they'll make it really far into the playoffs. As far as, as a matter of fact, I think that they're going to end up going to the AFC Championship. The Ravens, uh, huh? The Ravens, yeah, that that's we'll my see. pick. The Mar seems to struggle when it comes to the playoffs, so, <laughs> and you know we always have to. I, I hate to say because I hate you know injuries, but <laughs> as he does, he can be injury prone always toward the second half of the season. So that he has shown a track record for it, a propensity. Exactly, I really think that this is the year that they've put it all together. Uh, AFC Championship or bust for Baltimore, and I think that their schedule plays out well for them. Uh, I I think that they're going to win this division, Ali. I really do. All right, let's move on to, I believe, the Monday night game, Robert. Chargers and Jets. What do we got? Exactly right. So the Chargers are visiting the New York Jets. Don't know if, again, the schedule makers thought that on uh, Monday, November 6th, that this was going to be the matchup that they get. But, I (laughs) I mean, somehow the Jets are four and three. Uh, So incredible job on their part. Uh, We opened up the Chargers as a two-point favorite. Here we are Sunday morning as high as three and a half with a total 40. Well, they should be thir- three and four, but just don't get me started on that horrific thing we <laughs> called the football game last week, which I'll get to in a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> the Chargers have been one of the most disappointing teams this year. I think everyone expected them to battle it out with Kansas City. I know that they lost that playoff game to the Jaguars, but there's no denying that they have a top offense in the league. Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback. Their defense was billed as good. It just has not been good at all this year. Now they're playing a Jets team that has a very good defense. Say what you want about the offense and Zach Wilson, but that Jets defense is very good. And I will say one thing about Justin Herbert. He is prone to throw interceptions. When you look at Sauce Gardner and the rest of that secondary, they must be licking their chops knowing that Justin Herbert's going to be going deep down the field. I think this is a terrible matchup for the Chargers, offense and defense. One thing Zach Wilson has kind of, excelled in I don't know if you say excelled but against subpar defenses he hasn't done a bad job this year and who has done a better job who's actually should be the MVP of that team is Brees Hall I think Brees Hall is going to run all over the Chargers this weekend and I think the Jets defense is going to stifle Justin Herbert in that offense this one I'm going to predict that the Jets don't even not even cover they win it outright how about you Robert are you reading my sheets Allie why did you do the same (laughs) Brees Hall (laughs) Obviously, uh, a significant injury on his part, right? But And we knew it was going to take a while for him to come back. And I probably figured around week five, he would be around 80%. uh, And then by by week seven, 
uh, week eight, he'd be around 90. So he's 100% right now, without a doubt. I, Allie, I think we got the wrong favorite here on Monday night. I, I really do. I mean, the, look, the Jets are wildly anemic when it comes to scoring, right? However, their defense makes up a, a grand chunk of that. Uh, only scoring 18 points a game at home, but they're only giving up 18 against anyone that they're playing. And obviously, it doesn't matter what they're playing. They do really, really well on the defensive side of the ball uh, with a healthy dose of, of Brees Hall uh, and the defense that's just clearly, clearly uh, uh, top five, if not even better right now in, in my eyes, in my perspective. I think that the Jets definitely have the right position uh, to cover the three and a half. Uh, they're, they're able to have outside containment and it won't be much of an effort to do that. Uh, really, the big question is uh, it, it's not going to be Herbert. I think it's you know containing Eckler. And if they could contain right. Eckler, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. Uh, three and one on the season, uh, the Jets are against the spread at home uh winners of their last three uh it, it's a great great spot here to back the jets all right so we're in agreement on this one all right robert i hate to do this but last one we're going to highlight before we get into our rapid fire round our new york giants and the dumpster fire raiders i think we have a lot to talk about between these two teams but let's before we uh open a pandora's box let's see let's talk about what the odds are right now giants and raiders robert go so before the rash of, of firings and, and accusations and finger pointings, the Raiders were a three and a half point favorite. Uh, it's one and a half right now with a total all the way down to 37 alley. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's rewind to last week okay. where Tyrod Taylor goes down. I'm like, Oh man, we're losing this game by a lot. We have our third stringer coming in. The minute I saw Tommy DeVito, I was like, this guy can't throw. I don't even know why he's a third string quarterback on our team. <laughs> anyway, we get in a position to win with less than a minute to go. Well, a little less than two minutes to go. Run it down the field. Just give it to Saquon. Give it to Saquon. It's fourth and one. I turned to my friend at the bar and I said, they better just go for it because I don't trust Graham Gano because he's been missing all season, Robert. I said, he's already missing this game. Give it to Saquon. We get a first down. Game's over. Iced. Even if we don't, at least we we drill a few more seconds off the clock. Of course, they kick the field goal, and Graham Gano misses it. And I said from that second, we're losing this game. So I don't want to talk what happened about it anymore. <laughs> we know that they lost in overtime. It was an ugly game. But now that we're going against the, the Raiders and Daniel Jones is back, I feel a lot more confident. I think that Daniel Jones really got the raw end of the straw at the beginning of the year because our offensive line was that atrocious. He had to play, I believe, three games without Saquon Barkley, so he had no help whatsoever there. Tyrod Taylor, if you remember, against the Bills and against the Commanders, he did have Barkley. He also had Justin Pugh, who's been a big help on that offensive line. And I think there's a ch and he had and last week we had our center return. So this offensive line is getting healthier, and Andrew Thomas does have a legit chance to play this weekend. I really think, even with Darren Waller, I think we come out strong on offense. I think that there's a rally behind Jones. I know that the playoffs are probably not in our future, but there, I think this, there, this is a game that it just seems everyone's coming back together. The defense looks good. 
I'm going with the Giants. The Raiders are just too much of a dumpster fire for me to rely on right now, even if I wasn't a Giants fan. So I'm going to go with our team. How about you? So I, I do have a position on here, and we know that uh, you know Jones is playing. We know Aiden O'Connell is going to be the quarterback for Vegas. The one thing I'd like for our listeners to do is, as you're going to make a wager on this game, uh, I would think that the key to here to seeing the Giants as a outright money line winner is the status, the starting status of tackles Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. They're questionable right now as I look at my sheet. Uh, you know, Thomas with his hamstring, Neal with his ankle, but these are improved injury statuses. So if they end up playing, even if one ends up playing, I think that the Giants pick up the win. What I do know for sure, irregardless of whether the tackles play or not, this game's going to go under the total alley. I mean, is there a Giants game that didn't go under the total? (laughs) (laughs) This game will go under. Yes, you're, 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 you're listening to Two people that have been doing this for many, many, many an episode, uh, and we're choosing a pro NFL game in week number nine to go under 37. I mean, look at some of the unders, though, across the board. Robert, I've never seen more 30s in the NFL for over-unders. Like, exactly. It, it, that I can remember. Exactly. It's no, it, it's, it is not even a trend anymore. It's, it's, it's just simply the way that the game is played. You're right. Yep. All right, time for a rapid fire round, Robert. You ready? Let's go. All right, Vikings, Falcons. Vikings, obviously, we know Kirk Cousins out for the year. Falcons bench Desmond Ritter finally. What's the spread here? Uh, Opened four, moved up to as high as five alley, but now the Falcons again, four with a total (laughs) 37. I actually think that this is overreaction to Kirk Cousins being out. I know Justin Jefferson is, is out too. But the Vikings offense can score points, even with the backup quarterback in the game, who looked pretty good when he came in for Cousins last week. The Falcons, we know what we're getting from Taylor Heineke. We saw him with the Washington Commanders the past few seasons. He's a good stopgap, but he's not going to make a difference. This game is one where the Falcons may pull out a win. I think it's very low scoring, but I think the Vikings are going to be able to keep within the five points. How about you? Ah, I like the position. Okay. I think that... Really, really going to see a unproven Jared Hall. We're gonna we're gonna find some faults in his game. Taylor Heineke, look, it's obvious that he's a backup. He's been a career backup for the better part of his entire career. But I think that the weapons that the Falcons have are gonna be enough to pick up the win and the cover. So I'm gonna go with Atlanta. All right, Bears and Saints, Robert. What do we got? So this game opened up really uh, on on the shorter end. We had it the Saints six and a half moved up to seven and a half very quickly. We're as high as nine right now with a total forty one. And what do we have for the quarterback status for the Bears? It is it will be Badgett without a doubt. He is out. Uh, Justin Fields is definitely out. So it's going to be Badgett one more time. I, I I like the Bears here. This is too high of a number for the Saints to be laying points. They haven't impressed me at all this season. In fact, every it feels like, with the exception of last week against the Colts, every time I picked them, they they have lost this season. I think the Bears will do enough on the ground to to keep it close. I think that Badgett is 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 enough that he can keep the game close as well. Same thing with the Chicago defense. It's just too many points for me to lay to a Saints squad that seems to always keep shooting themselves in the foot and finding a way to lose games. So I'm going to take the points with the Bears. How about you, Robert? Oh, you know, it's a good point, actually. If you do find a nine, then I would back it. Now, don't forget, by the way, Chicago, uh, I, I guess you guys are in. Uh, you, you acquired Montez Sweat. 
Great job, by the way, on getting an incredible linebacker. Uh, but nine is a lot, no matter what. And I think that they would probably stay at that number. Uh, anything lower than that, though, it would be a pass for me. All right, let's go to the next game, Robert. And that is the Rams and the Packers, two teams that really did not have good weekends. What are we no. looking at here? No, and this number's moved so, so much all week long. Uh, right now, we've got the Packers three and a half, uh, the total 38, Allie. Ugh, man, Rams were one of my best bets last weekend. And the minute that they called that penalty, uh, what was it? Unnecessary roughness. That roughness. should have been a three and out for Dallas. I just knew the game was going downhill from there. I like the Rams to bounce back regardless of Matt Stafford's availability this week. I think the Rams are just the better team. The Packers, Jordan Love is not going to be the answer. I know maybe everyone's saying we'll give him you know, more time. I've seen enough. This guy's been, even though he's been backup, he's been in the league for years. He should have learned. He just looks lost on the field. He has no chemistry with his wide receivers whatsoever. I know the running game's been iffy with Aaron Jones missing so much time, but this for me, I'm taking the Rams. How about you, Robert? Well, these are two teams that are starting to move backwards, but boy, uh, Green Bay, you you really have stepped it up in in, in a way. You've lost the last four Against the spread, your last four, you're 0-4, and your last three games are all under the total. I don't care if it's Matt Stafford or anyone at quarterback, and even without Kyrene Williams at running back, he's still on the IR. Um, I'm not backing a 2-5 and five team uh, to no. lay 3.5 points. I'll take the Rams here for sure. All right, let's go with the team that just blew up their defense, the Commanders against the Patriots. What do we got here? <laughs> and because the commanders blew up their whole entire defense, yes, New England at two and six, you're our three point favorite with the total 41. Yeah, I, I listen, the Patriots have burnt me a lot this year. The only weekend <laughs> I didn't take them was against the Bills, which they won outright. They covered the nine points and won outright. I'm going to go with the the Patriots here. I know they didn't look great. They looked decent against Miami last week. But though, when, when your defense just loses its two best players, Robert, that that it must be so demoralizing for that Washington team to basically know that your your ownership just doesn't believe in you this year. I think that there it's just going to be a demoralizing game for the commanders. I don't think they show up with any motivation. So I'm going to pack the, the Patriots here. How about you? Allie, uh, th this this is two teams that really have gotten me stymied. And so if I break it down, I just wanted to take a look at really quickly. New England, they simply can't score. Not on the road, not at home. Uh, so my first and good first solid step is to go under the 41 for me. Yeah, that's a good play as well. All right, Cardinals and Browns. This one can get ugly, Robert. What do we got here? <laughs> yes, it can. The Cardinals right now uh, with, I guess, question marks everywhere, right? Who's the starting quarterback? Doesn't matter. Cleveland, without knowing who you are playing, eight-point favorite, the total 37 and a half. There's no way I could lay eight points with Cleveland with, with Walker <laughs> at quarterback. I don't think Watson's playing at all. Even if Watson was playing, I'd still have to wonder about that. I know how bad Arizona is. But they, are, they do have a quarterback change. Sometimes that does inspire a team. It's just too many points, Robert. I'd rather take the points than, than lay them here. So I'm going to back the Cardinals. But to your point, I would take the under here as well. What about you? Thank you for that, please. Arizona, you are 0-4 straight up on the road 
absolutely hapless, not even picking up 13 points a game. Meanwhile, Cleveland at home isn't giving up 13 points a game. Guess where I'm going on this one? It's under that 37 and a half. All, all unders, all unders. I know, I love it. I'm, I'm all about the unders too. People are always <laughs> tempted to take the overs. All right, here's another one that could potentially go under, Robert. Colts and Panthers, what do we got? Indianapolis Colts, exactly. Um, well, two and a half right now is where we're sitting. The total is actually, oh, look at that. It's in the 40s, 44, Allie. Wow. Well, I, I could see that. The Panthers, they did. They finally got a win on the board last year, last week against the Texans. I did pick them last week. I just thought it was a good matchup for them at home. I didn't think they'd win outright, but I knew they'd cover three and a half, but they did win outright. I'm going to go with the Panthers again here, Robert. I think that that win was a nice, encouraging win for them. I think the Colts still struggle when, when it comes to turnovers for Gardner Minshew. So I'm going to pick the Panthers. I know that Bryce Young hasn't looked his best this year, but against a Colts defense that hasn't looked impressive as well, I think that they could do something at least through the air. So I'm going to go with the Panthers. How about you? Might not be enough, though, Allie. And what I'm just saying is that with Carolina's body of work, at this point, we already know what kind of a team they are. Their team that can't get to that 20-point mark, no matter what, they've shown it time and time again. They're 1-5-1 and one against the spread on this season. More importantly is that they're only averaging 15 points a game right. at home. Um, I think that that alone is going to give me a very, very good edge. Two and a half, way too short. I think the Colts win this by six or more. Well, you're a little biased with our bet. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right, yes. last one, Robert. Bucks and Texans, what do we got? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers visit Houston as a dog. Both teams are three and four. However, the Houston Texans, three-point favorite in the total 40. This one, I'm not going to let my bias go in. I'm going to take the Bucks. How about you? You know what? Look. 3-0 and against the spread on the road. Tampa's really done an awful lot to stay as scrappy as they can. This one's going to be really, really super tight. We probably won't even see this game as we get closer to kick, even stay at three, might even drop below it. Because of that, I agree with you. I'll take Tampa in the point as well. All right. Well, that does it for our show today. I want to thank you, everyone, for joining, and I hope you enjoy NFL Week 9. And before we sign off, Robert, any less thoughts or advice for the audience? Allie, absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, look, whole great slate starting off really, really early in Frankfurt, Germany, landing up all the way back into New York for Monday Night Football. All these games that we talked about, plus a ton of player props all for you right on the Zen Sports betting platform. Hope to see you again really soon. All right. Well said, Robert. Everyone take care.